Radio home of Carson Wentz, Carter Hart, and Joel Embiid. 97.3 ESPN, WENJ, WENJHD, Millville, Atlantic City. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Josh Hedick filling in for Mike Gill on a Monday, the day after the Eagles season have been officially eliminated from the postseason. The direct is over, and now we start looking ahead. Not just to the Washington game, because for whatever reason, that game was put on Sunday Night Football. I have no idea why. Every every uh, Dolphins and Bills fan is freaking out on social media. Why are we on the night game? Everybody hates us, right? So now the Eagles, their season's over, but they can knock Washington out of the playoffs. Hunter Brody's here as usual. How you doing, Broads? I'm hanging in there. Late. Late night last night. I had to transition from Eagles heartbreak, right, to Sixers heartbreak. So a lot of emotions last night. It kept me up. I was staring at the wall. It, it was a strange night, to say the least. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in myself I didn't take the Cavs and the, and the point spread. But I was so footballed up that morning. I was all ready for the football day ahead of me that I was so – I forgot I forgot about the Sixers. I got the notification on my phone, Sixers game starting. I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> oh, you even forgot. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Seth, I'm fumbling around, trying to find the remote, flipping the channel over to the Sixers. Boy, did I, uh, boy, was I just pointed two times over at for St. Elise. Yeah, I think a lot of us were. You know, a lot of us in this in this uh, fan base was a little disappointed to see both teams get destroyed. But we obviously have to start with the Philadelphia Eagles and that debacle. And what I sort of saw was something similar to what I've seen when Carson Wentz was under center. I thought... I'll, I'll keep it the same way I did when Carson Wentz was the quarterback. I think if the surrounding cast was better, from Doug Peterson to offensive line to the wide receivers and the skill players, you would see better play out of Jalen Hurts. I thought the surrounding cast was what made him look a little bit more like a rookie, and I saw Doug Peterson get away from the run game. Now, is a lot of that because... Your offensive line had so many false start penalties, which pushed you back behind the sticks. Yeah, I think that there were a lot of factors in play, but you saw a lot of what we've seen with Wentz. Yes and no. And here's why. I saw what I saw from Hurts in that game was worse than Wentz. Because it felt like the second half, it just kept, it kept spiraling out of control. At some point, if you're telling me that Matt Pryor is your best option at right tackle, just forfeit. Wait, Don't go out there and play. What do you mean play. just forfeit? You can't do that. Well, find somebody else to play then. They're on their fifth right tackle. I mean, at some point, you don't have any more options. It's sort of like with your Put three and tight ends guys. out there, for goodness sake. Like, do something. I mean, at this point, I feel like that's just going to an extreme of, you just said give up. I mean, at what point can you just give up and forfeit the game? You, This is what you have because you're so banged up and so depleted. I don't know what you really want them to do. It's like everyone's screaming for Schwartz to get fired. You have no option. Think about what you're doing when you're screaming for Jalen Mills to play corner, which is a better option than Jaquette. Jaquette. But my point is, <laughs> you're screaming for Mills, who stinks at that spot. So at some point, it, it kind of is what it is, and I think it hurts Doug Peterson when it comes to his play calling. It hurts a lot of people out there. But at, at the end of the day, you still got to get more out of what you did last night. That's for sure. You can't get blown out. They were outscored 34-3 to at one point. And, and 34-3 after Fletcher Cox left the game. Right. So and first of all, that tells me that how important he is to the defense. 
If anybody ever had any questions about that, right? Yeah, and I don't want to question the injury, but you're telling me in a must-win situation to keep your playoff hopes alive? Well, the Fletcher reporting Cox on that was chilling? weird, wasn't it? It was it was totally like no specifics, and then they kind of like slid it in later the broadcast that it was a stinger. Right. And it was like, wait a minute. Like, is it – a stinger doesn't really answer the question. You know what I mean? Because Jason Kelsey's played through stingers before. He's kind of famous and infamous for that. Some people blame the bad snaps in the Bengals game in 2016 for the fact he played through a stinger because he said apparently he had trouble gripping the ball, right? I'm sorry, but you're not a center. So it had to be more than a stinger, right? There has to be something else going on. Because remember, I asked Jeff Mosher this weeks ago about uh, Fletcher Cox after the bye week. Rest day, rest day, rest day. Then all of a sudden, neck day, didn't participate, didn't participate. Again, every single week. Is there a serious injury that Fletcher Cox has that nobody's talking about? I don't think it's anything more serious than the stinger. I think that's just what kept him out of the football game. You saw Jordan Howard, remember? He had a stinger when he was, not this season, I'm talking back when he actually Last played, yeah, played legitimate minutes for this team. He had a stinger. That held him out a long period of time. So I think it truly is a stinger, and that kept him out. But I'm just questioning, you know, not that I want to question him and his mentality, because there's a couple of guys, whether it's Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox is in the mix, where if they're out, I do feel that they're out for a reason, because they are the ones willing to compete through pain so that's why some of me thinks okay there has to be something serious with this injury but at the same time it's it's must win situation seasoned on the line and you saw what happened when he left the football game so you know I'm a little baffled by the whole Fletcher Cox debacle but this is now three straight games when you look at Jalen Hurts and you say okay after halftime things get ugly and teams figure it out and when you escape the run Guess what happens? You don't have to stack the box. You know you're going to throw the football. It's easier to defend. And you see that this team has more active linebackers. They have speed. They drop guys back. And they stopped rushing. And they allow Jalen Hurts to try and run. Because guess what? They could stop him. And they can beat him to certain points because they have speed at that linebacker position. So I saw... Similar results and a similar offense that was putrid after the 14-3 lead that I've seen all season long. PlaySugarHouse.com. Text board is open at 609-403-0973. 609-403-0973. Don't forget, well, the Doug Peterson press conference coming up at 2.30. Uh, let's just say Doug is not thrilled today, which he shouldn't be. But I just thought that it was the... What I heard of Doug so far today, I didn't hear his radio on this morning because, you know, I'm not going to waste my time listening to somebody throw him softball questions when I can listen to real reporters ask him legitimate questions at 2 at, at, uh, at 2.30 here on the Sports Bash. But let's be realistic. This Eagles team, they should be disappointed. They should be frustrated because they looked incredible the start of that game. And then it just, it felt like a Jenga tower. One block, one block, one block, and it all came tumbling down. And it wasn't even the injuries. You mentioned Jaquette. I felt it took them too long to get him out of the game. Sure. You know, now I don't know if that was one of those, you know, maybe somebody upstairs was seeing something and said, you know, maybe one of the times he got beat wasn't all his fault, you know, per se. But there was that. Then there was the whole two million penalty situation. Then there was in the third and fourth quarter, it felt like the offensive line just couldn't do anything right. And then how does Zach Ertz get caught offsides twice? I mean, 
what is going on with him? It just felt like the team was crumbling around Hurts. And Hurts is looking around like, guys, what's going on here? Well, I think this is telling. So, we can all agree. Yesterday was Jalen Hurts' worst start since he became the starter. But he was solid in the first two starts. This football team is 1-2. and two. So, we're all happy and excited about what Jalen Hurts has brought to the table. And there's, there was some excitement and some juice before this game against Dallas. 1-2. and two. With good quarterback play. Doesn't that kind of tell you that there's issues with the major issues with this team all around? That it wasn't just solely the quarterback. There are major flaws occurring all around. And you can just look at this wide receiver position. So, look, I'm extremely, extremely disappointed in what I got out of Jalen Rager, your first round pick. I defended it because everyone freaked out because it wasn't somebody else without even knowing much about Jalen Rager. So I thought it wasn't justifiable to have that reaction. Now there's some tape and he's coming back from the injury with the thumb. You see enough. I'm extremely disappointed out of him. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, he's inactive. He's unplayable, really. So now here we are with the top 10 pick, and we got a question once again. Do you have to go out and get a wide receiver because you can't rely on Deshaun Jackson? He plays one, plays a couple. One play. One play. One play. He gets the big bomb, and that's it. Then he's gone again. You're going to have to pay six mil to not keep him. I mean, it's a problem when you look at this wide receiver and skill players. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to waste, not waste, but uh, try and get another big-time playmaker at that position to make it three straight seasons of trying to attack that position? I'm out on the wide receiver pick. Well, but you you have nothing. You have nothing at that position. So what are you going to do next but year? But do you really have nothing? You have nothing. Because, you have nothing. Because there's times you've thrown at the guys like Rager and Watkins and Goddard and these other guys, and they made plays. The, uh, Greg Ward had two touchdowns last week. What happened to him this week? But that is Greg Ward. Greg Ward is your reliable slot little piece. Okay, you can live with Greg Ward. But what about elsewhere? If you don't have your uh, Alshon, Deshaun, Jalen Rager, who's been disappointing, and I'm not out hunting him fully yet. He obviously can play a bit in this league. He's going to have to adjust. But the route running seems to be abysmal. The body language I don't love at times. It's like he gives up on certain routes. What else do you have? Like, I get it. Quez Watkins can show you speed, this and that, but st still so raw. And it's not like you'd look at him and say, that's a wide receiver. You might have to attack that once again. And then you look at the secondary. This team, if you look at everything they need, good luck. Good luck. Because you look at the cap space problem, too. I don't know how they're going to do it. We might see another season similar to this season next year. He's Hunter Brody. I'm Josh Hennig, filling in for Mike Gill here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. ThePlaySugarHouse.com text board is open at 609-403-0973. 609-403-0973. Don't forget, coming up at 3 o'clock, Grayson's Grades with Scott Grayson. 4 o'clock, Andrew Checo Football at 4, powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. 520, Casey Joyner, one thought on every game, and he recaps everything he saw on tape from the Eagles versus Cowboys coming up here on 97.3 ESPN. Also, anytime hotline calls, and we got to talk about the Sixers weekend, too, at some point today. We'll get to that. I promise we will get to that, because I cannot go four hours with you and me not touching on the roller coaster that was the Sixers weekend, because I was feeling great on Saturday. I hit on every pick I made on the air from Saturday's show. I went four for four on my picks. The Sixers cover, which was one of my picks, I'm like, they're going to go to Cleveland and win the game. Maybe they won't win by like 15, 20 points, but they'll win the game. I don't know who was worse yesterday. I don't know if it was the Clippers' loss, the Sixers' loss, 
or the Eagles loss. And how telling is it that two of those three teams I just mentioned are both in Philadelphia? It was a rough weekend. It definitely was a rough weekend. And we'll attack the Sixers' loss and what they did with Embiid and what happened with Ben Simmons for sure. But uh, getting back to this football game, I just look at it and I want to know, with you, when you view Doug Peterson this year, and it did seem like... It does seem like he had a conversation with the front office about his tenure here, and it does seem like he's safe to go for this upcoming season for 2021. How do you assess him? How much time do you think has he has left on the clock? How do you view his leash as a head coach? Because I, I've been very vocal about how horrendous I thought he was this season. I thought he was an F- minus if we talk about Grayson's grades all season long, but it's not time for him to leave yet. I do think that he deserves an opportunity to bounce back from this awful season because I have seen a way better version of Doug Peterson, and I think it's in there. And for as much as we rip apart not having skill players, not having an offensive line that's healthy, having quarterback play that has been really bad, that goes on the coach as well. Like That impacts how he can call games too. So if we're going to rip the roster and rip who they have, how do you expect the coach to just be able to magically have it work to a team? So I think he deserves an opportunity to move forward and, and to fix things. I do not believe firing Doug Peterson fixes anything. Period. Because if you fire Doug Peterson, number one, who are you replacing him with? Are you guaranteeing me that whoever comes in here is going to get you back to the playoffs for three straight years? Get you close to the Super Bowl? I can't guarantee that. That's my first problem with the whole get rid of Doug Peterson thing. I have seen multiple times where coaches have a bad year or two, and they bounce back. John Harbaugh was almost out of Baltimore a few years ago. Now he's back. Sean Payton, same thing. Almost Sean Payton, 7-9, 7-9, 7-9. Nine, nine, nine. All of a sudden, he's a contender again. We've seen coaches who have won rings get the bounce back. I want to give Peterson the chance to bounce back. If we have another year next year like this year— I am 100% on board with saying, Doug, we appreciate everything you've done, but two straight years is no longer a coincidence. Remember the old saying, fool me, Weiss, uh, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Maybe this is just a bad year. Maybe this is just a down year. Maybe this is just too much behind the scenes. And by the way, I've said this once, twice, a million times. We don't know all the facts because there's nobody in the locker room. There's no reporters in the building. There's no inside reporting information going on with the Eagles because nobody's allowed in the building. So we don't really know what's going on. There may be some bigger stuff going on behind the scenes that we have no idea about that may be bigger than Doug. You know, this whole John Dorsey thing, right? And I'm bringing this up purposely. How do we know that John Dorsey didn't come in here and start just shaking the cages? In a bad way? Yeah. Well, I mean, he was hired a couple months ago. So, I mean, this is right. this roster construction isn't just a one season. This has no, 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 been no, no. I'm a major problem. He came in here after the draft. So what if he came in here and started, like, you know, trying to act like he's the GM here? Yeah, I don't know. That's a little bit of a – the way I see that personally is I think that's a little bit of a – I don't, don't think know. these issues start with John Dorsey because no, no, these no, issues what? have been snowballing for a while. I'm not saying it is John Dorsey. What I'm saying is, is that – is there something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about? I think there's stuff going on behind the scenes between Laurie and Howie Roseman. Sure, I just don't know if I... And I think, if anything, the Jersey thing would be because they're trying to 
escape what has been the issue for a couple of years. Maybe that's move Howie Roseman off of the player talent evaluation side of things. And does that piss off Howie Roseman? Maybe. And if that starts a feud, well, that's a Howie Roseman problem, not a Laurie problem, because at the end of the day, if that's the better option for this franchise, you can't worry about if it internally destroys Howie Roseman because he needs to be able to man up and figure out what's the next step to, to make sure that he's still doing his job in this organization. So I see your point in terms of John Dorsey coming in here. Did that start maybe a little bit of an internal feud? Maybe, but if it's for the betterment of the franchise, that that's something you still have to make, right? That's a move you still have to, to do. If it betters the franchise, but we don't know yet. Correct. We don't know. We don't know. And, and, and there's a lot of people covering the team saying, no matter what you do with John Dorsey, bring him in, whatever his title is, it's still Howie Roseman's show. So at that point, what, what is the John Dorsey bringing him in? What does that do? Right, we have no idea. And the other side of this is you have 200 offensive coaches, and nobody knows what any of them really does. How much of that factored in this season as well? I think that needs to change next year. I think you got to streamline that. I think the bigger problem with this team is not specifically Doug. Although Doug bears a chunk of the responsibility. To me, it comes down to the Eagles need to figure out how to make everything better. How to clean up the mess. Because I think we walked into this season with an expectation that was sky high. And they got nowhere close to it. And I think they didn't get anywhere close to it because of the reality that, let's be realistic, nobody knows who's in charge anymore. And when you have nobody knowing who's really in charge of what, there's opportunity for confusion and problems. And when there's opportunity for confusion and problems, that trickles into the locker room. And I think the players at times reflected the chaos in their own organization. And I think, sadly, that when they do have to reshape this thing, it's not a one-year process. And I know in football, though, you can rather quickly kind of find your rhythm. And Look at Miami. They were a dumpster fire. Now this year, exciting, fun, 10 wins, right? So it's a totally different viewpoint of how they switch so quickly. So it is very possible. But I look at their current roster, what they're lacking, the cornerback, safety, linebackers. You're going to need defensive linemen. You need offensive linemen. You need wide receivers. I mean, there there is a lot that you need to bring in with a ton of cap space, quarterback problem, what you're doing with the front office, what you're doing with the coaches. I don't think this is a one-year fix. You might see, maybe not to the level of trash that you saw this year, but it, it might be another season of a little bit of a version of hell just for you to maybe – explode forward that after. transition. Yeah, yeah, it might be that way. It's a possibility. 609-403-0973.playsugarhouse.com. Text board 609-403-0973. We'll get to your text in just a moment. I want to bring something up to you, though, about Doug. Yes. Okay, so two years ago, four and six made a push. Last year, five and seven made a push. Won the division both times, or excuse me, no, I think the first year they were in a wild card spot right underneath the Dallas Cowboys. But regardless, both times they made the playoffs. Four and six, five and seven. And, and I did question, and I brought this up to Gil, I remember, on the air. You know, this isn't sustainable. It's not something that you can do every year. And then this year, they're what, four, nine, and one, and they're trying to rally, win the last four games. This is a common theme for three years. Is this... Doug Peterson, like next year, if we do this again, and they're five and seven, and they rally on back, win a couple games, keep you involved until the very end, and then either they get in or they don't get in. How long can you put up with this version of Doug Peterson? And a, a lot plays a role. It's not as simple as one guy. That's the reason why injuries, players not playing up to their capabilities. A lot plays a role, but. 
This is a common theme. Now, for three years, it's not sustainable. So that is something that I am really heavily going to look at next season. But how, how do you view that personally? Well, part of the reason why they've had some of the struggles was because of, of injuries. I think that the injury issue is becoming ridiculous. At some point, and I know people have texted in and tweeted in and talked about this before, so I'm not the first person to say this. Maybe we got to find figure out who's the person who keeps saying, hey, Howie, let's sign this injury-played guy, or let's keep drafting this injury-played guy. Like Maybe at some point the Eagles just need to say, it's not about talent, it's about health. Because at some point, when you're on your 13th different offensive line combination, when Deshaun Jackson can't stay on the field, when all these different guys, Sidney Jones, fill-in-the-blank player, everyone keeps getting injured, at some point, it's just not that anymore. Because has there been a season since Doug Peterson has been here and High Roseman took over where there hasn't been a plethora of injuries? There hasn't. And I want to hear about the medical staff. And there's a they switched those. Right. I don't want to hear about the medical staff. This isn't a talent evaluation problem. At some point, you got to stop drafting and signing dudes with injury issues. Right? Because why are you the only team that 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, five seasons in a row, you're plagued by injuries? You overcame it in 2017 and get and win a Super Bowl. You overcame it in 2018 and almost beat the Saints and got back to the conference championship game. But 2019, you ran out of the pixie dust. You ran out of the magic formula. And 2020, obviously, the magic is dead, okay? The magician lost his touch. Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, you lost your touch. So maybe you got to go back to the drawing board. Like, I know you're not a movie guy, but there's a movie called The Prestige, okay? It's an incredible movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's with Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. And they're, they are rival magicians, all right? And the whole movie is about these two guys who are it's about one-upping each other. The problem is the one guy realized he was falling so far behind. And he's like, I got to go back to the drawing board. I can't beat this guy. Well, he comes up with a trick that is so extreme, he almost, you know, it, it's, it's self-destructive. He ends up killing himself at the end. But the, he went back to the drawing board because he realized that he lost the touch. And the other guy realized that the other guy went too far and he didn't want to be like him. And it ended up happily ever after. But the point is, is that maybe Doug and Howie just need to realize that what they're doing isn't working. And they just got to say, just because the owner likes Jason Peters and Howie likes Deshaun Jackson and Doug likes... I, mean, I don't even know who Doug likes anymore. I feel like Doug just likes everybody. But at some point, they got to go back and say, we got to stop signing these guys. I would have to agree with you. You look at all of these players, and they're consistently banged up. The Deshaun Jackson signing is a nightmare. You go back to that, and you look at since he's been here, he has not been available for this football team. And, and it is interesting to look at it from a Doug Peterson standpoint when it comes to 
How much say he has? Who does he want? Player evaluation. Does he have a big impact on what type of players that they're drafting? And he kind of had an interesting answer and response, and you'll hear that very shortly as we play the Doug Peterson presser about wanting to be more involved. But the way he said it, it was almost as if he didn't want to throw Howie Roseman under the bus. So I'm thinking, wow, what is he trying to say here in terms of the GM? He's not trying to step on toes, but he wants to have his input in. So, you know, you'll hear that shortly as I as I stated. But yeah, who's going to make these decisions with free agency? But here's another thing, Josh. They're not going to be in any sort of play for free agents, for veteran guys, for older guys, because they don't have the availability to do it. He's Hunter Brody. I'm Josh Hennig. This is the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN filling for Mike Gill. Mike Gill has the day off. Sports Bash being brought to my Bacharach. They have the only neural recovery robots in South Jersey. Know your rights to access the most advanced rehabilitation available today. Visit them online at Bacharach.org for more information. We will hear from Doug Peterson coming up next, and we'll get to your text at 609-403-0973. Here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN FM and the 97.3 ESPN mobile app powered by First Bank of Seattle City. Josh heading along with Hunter Birdie here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Doug Peterson press conference being brought to you by your Delaware Valley Accurate Dealers for great deals on Accurate's award-winning lineup. Shop online at DelVelAccurateDealers.com. Doug Peterson dash for press conference is on right here, 97.3 ESPN. Your home in South Jersey for Eagles football. We started here with John and then Bo. Hey, Doug. Uh, first, uh, have you named it? Are you going to name a starting quarterback? Is it going to be Jalen week 17? And also you mentioned on the radio this morning, you're fully confident in returning. Is that a personal belief or is that something you got from the organization? Um, I am going to, I am going to start Jalen uh, again this week. Um, going into week 17, I uh, definitely want to, you know, continue to evaluate and, and, uh, not only him, but, you know, the rest of the team and, and where we are, you know, moving, moving forward. And, and, um, you know, in, in regards to, to my status, obviously, you know, uh, Jeffrey and I have a lot of conversations throughout the season. Um, you know, obviously our main focus is on, on the season right now. Currently we still have one game to play and, and, and really, you know, uh, my confidence, uh, lies in myself that, uh, I know that, that uh, I, I know exactly how to uh, get things fixed. I've, we've 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 won a lot of games around here. We've been in the postseason three out of the last, you know, the five years that I've been here, a championship and all that. So I've seen it. I've done it, and uh, that's where my confidence lies. And so uh, these conversations that we're talking about will be uh, at the appropriate time. Go ahead, Bo, and then Jamie. Doug, the, the stuff about job security, do you ever have those discussions with players or are some of the veterans ever talking to you about things like that? You know, I don't, and I don't, I don't really feel the need uh, to talk to the players. I, I, I just think that I think if you were to ask the players, I think they would be honest with you on, on how they feel about me and, and what the things that we've done around here. So uh, I, I don't feel the need to uh, necessarily address the team or ask certain guys, you know, um, on that. Jamie and then Jeff McLean. Doug, uh, I know you take a ton of pride in this team and this city, and 
and what you guys put on the field. And, and the fact that you're three years removed from the Super Bowl and ended up with the worst record in the worst division, that's got to weigh on you like crazy. Can you talk about what a personal hit this is to have a season like this? Yeah, you know, this, this, this season has been, has been tough, um, you know, for, for my, myself personally, um, you know, as, as the head football coach here, obviously as the team and, you know, dealing, dealing with the pandemic and, and, you know, uh, just everything that's really hit us through injury and, um, you know, not playing well. And, you know, it, it's, it's very, it's very disheartening. And, and I just, you know, um, I just sit here today and just, you know, have to apologize to the fans and, and really just, you know, this is not what we expected. Um, it's not what I expected, you know, back in, back in training camp and, you know, the early part of the season. Um, but, but I know, I know in, in my heart that this is, this is a great place to play. This is a great place to coach. We, we do have the best fans when, when we win, it's it's unbelievable and and it's exciting and I know we can get back to that level. I like I said earlier, you know, I, I know what that looks like. I know what it takes. Um, you know, me personally, I, I've been in three Super Bowls. I've been on three Super Bowl teams, and and I've seen exactly how how it can be done. And and we, we've got it. We've got to get that back. We've got some. We've got some great players. Um, we got some great young players, and and they're they're getting valuable valuable experience right now playing and it's just unfortunate that you know we're not we're not winning these games you know and and um i think of yesterday's game is kind of like how our season's gone we've had we've had opportunities right we're we're, we're in the red zone we're in the scoring zone and 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 we just come up short and that's kind of been been the way our season's gone and um and it's it's it is unfortunate, but uh, I know we can get it turned around and get it fixed. Uh, Jeff and then Kristen. Uh, Doug, you, you spoke about your confidence uh, in yourself and, and what you've accomplished these last five seasons. But how do you explain the three-year regression that we've seen with the Eagles under your stewardship? The last two in two of the worst divisions historically the NFL has ever seen. I appreciate the uh, confidence, John. Or Jeff, sorry. Um, you know, I, I you got to look at the injuries number one, and and you got to look at the amount that's piled up on us, and the amount of guys on injured reserve. That's that 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 to me has been um, one of the one of the biggest things that that that's affected our football team. And then and then you know so many young players, and and you know you look at you look at our team yesterday, and and there's so many new faces out there. There's so many young players out there playing, and you know, it's been that way the last couple of seasons, and and that's the part that ha is 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 the most challenging to to deal with when you're dealing with the roster that way that that uh, you know uh, gets gets hit with with the amount of injuries. I mean, you look at the offensive line. Let's just start there. You know, you lose Brandon Brooks in the off season, then then Andre Dillard goes down. You know, then you Lane and JP and you know you just you just you, your entire O line. Isaac's out for eight weeks. I mean. Where are you going to find continuity? How are you going to get, you know, continuity there? And and so, that to me has been, I think these last couple of seasons, um, and really last year, you know, last year, you know, we had a chance to win. We had a chance to win that that Seahawk game, that playoff game, you know. And and, and Carson goes down in the 
in the first quarter, and, and who knows what's going to happen after that. So you, you can't sit here and just say, hey, it's been such a demise. I mean, this has been this has been a strange year um, all around. So um, I, I look at things a little bit differently. Why are you why are you guys then one of the most injured teams the last three years? Football's a rough sport, man. Kristen and then Je- and then uh, Zach. Hey, Doug. Obviously, you guys do have a game to play this week. How do things change? Do you try to evaluate some of the younger guys a little bit more? Do you give them a chance to step up? And how do you make sure that everyone stays engaged with no playoffs on the line? Yeah, I mean that that's. Uh... That's obviously my, my challenge this week is to keep everybody engaged. And, and as far as the young players go, uh, the young players have been playing. And, and you know, we, we've had a chance to evaluate them here these last couple of weeks, and, and we're going to continue to do that. And and um, But at the same time, you know, we, we've got some veteran players that, that need to play. And, and uh, you know, we're going into this week, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, going in there and, and trying to win the game. I mean, that's that's how we play. And, and um there's a lot of pride, you know, in the locker room, and and I know the veteran guys that are that are still playing are going to keep keep things together and and, and help me uh, help me get that message across. Zach and Tim, hey, good afternoon, Doug. You said you know how to get this fixed. How do you do that? And who's the quarterback to, to do that with you? Well, obviously, I can't answer the second part. Um, you know, moving forward, we don't we don't necessarily you know we're not we're not there yet as far as answering all those questions things. Uh, things can uh, can obviously change, but but uh, and and we'll answer that you know at a, at a different time. Um, I, I just know that we've we've got to get back. We've got to get back to fundamentals. We got to get back to basics. Having a, having a missed off season, uh, we got to get back to that. We got to get back to the teaching of the basics and the fundamentals and 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 having having OTAs and having practice and getting back to uh, the things that that we've had success here in in the past and and. Um, you know, uh, being, being smart that way and, and really, you know, uh, leaning, leaning on our past just a little bit and, and, and those things that have, that have helped us win games and, and win, win a championship. And, and that, that all comes, you know, with, with the off season, you know, moving forward and, and, um, you know, we know there's going to be a lot of decisions to be made, um, moving forward. And that's, that's obviously at a different time, but, but I, but I know that we, uh, we can get back to that, get back to the fundamentals, get back to the basics, get back to kind of to who we are, start our identity in the off season, and that's that's where you build the foundation. Tim, and then Les. Hey, Doug, the uh, the play that Jordan Mailata uh, suffered the the head injury did you uh, did you get to see that? What'd you make of it? Um, and and how is uh, is Jordan doing? Are you sending and are you sending that tape to the NFL? Yeah, I mean, we'll take a look at it. We'll send it in and see what happens. Um, you know, Jordan's in the uh, in the protocol, so you know that's that's all I can comment on that. You know, and, and as far as the the hit and all that goes, I mean, listen, those are those are things that 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 happen. I mean, it's you know you, you don't want to see that. Obviously, uh, it looked like a uh, you know a, a helmet you know blow type type play, and and you know. Um, it's it's again it's it's unfortunate that 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 happened um but uh he he's in the protocol and, and we'll see where he's at each uh each day this week less than dave hi doug not to belabor yesterday but i know you went in with the intention of running obviously the first series showed that you got down in the third quarter and it just seemed like that disappeared even though you had a lot of time left and you weren't down that far uh was it something that 
Dallas did? Uh, was it the penalties? What what got you away from that plan that you went into the game with? You know, you, you start out and and you get it, you get it, you want to you want to establish that run. I mean, that that was the thing that we wanted to do. And and you know, the one thing that really as the game as the game progressed and you, you really look at this second half and it's kind of the tale of two halves again. Um, the mistakes that were made uh, in the passing game, mistakes that were made in the run game, the penalties, the pre-snap penalties um, are all things that, that really cost us the opportunity to score points. Um, having gone back and looked at the game again today and, you know, we had what, five or six drives to the, to the, you know, inside the, the 50 yard line that stalled out due to those, those mistakes and, and the inability to, to stay on the field. And, you know, it, it, there's enough, some of it's on the quarterback, some of it's on the offensive line, the receivers offensively, obviously. And, um, and, and so we all had a hand in, 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 in the failure. Um, but, but with these, with these guys, you know, um, it's a great learning experience. It's a lesson to be learned, I think, to, to how important it is that each play, uh, as the game wears on, each you know each play becomes that much more important. Thank you. Even then, Nick. Or Nick, go ahead if you're ready. Okay. Uh, yeah, hi, Doug. I wanted to ask if you had any injury, other injury updates from yesterday besides Jordan, like maybe Deshaun. And and did do you think he got hurt on that first play, on that touchdown play when he did the flip? I don't think he got hurt on that particular play. I, I do know that he 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 got you know the 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 foot. The injury became more sore uh, as the game wore on, and it just it just affected him more and more to the point where he couldn't be couldn't be himself. So we had to we had to keep him we had to keep him out. You know, I mentioned Jordan uh, is in the is in the protocol this week. Um, you know, Derek Barnett uh, from last week is 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 pushing through uh, his injury. It happened at the end of last week, and and uh, he's going to push through and see see where he's at. You know, come come game time. Uh, Fletcher Cox, um, you know, uh, similar similar got 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 injured early in the football game. We're going to see where he's at as the as the week goes on. So, you know, it, it's it's um, we're a little we're a little nicked up again um you know Sean Bradley uh is is a little banged up you know he he's going to be more day to day this week uh, I'm hoping to get Davion Taylor back I think we'll get him back this week Duke Riley back so we also get some guys Richard Rodgers is doing well uh so so anticipate him you know uh coming back this week again we'll see where he's at you know uh on a daily basis but you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna battle through. We're gonna we're gonna get these guys ready and practice and uh, prepared for Washington. Go ahead, Dave, and then Mike. Or Mike. I hear you, Doug. Uh, hey, I'm, I'll I'll jump Dave there. Um, when you're evaluating this week, uh, especially your coaching staff and there isn't the playoffs on the line, how is, important is it that you're seeing that they're not just going through the motions and that they're really kind of taking this opportunity to develop the young talent and the guys around them? You know, that's one of the things that um, I go all the way back to the offseason when, when, when I have really kind of one of my first staff meetings um, with them. And, and 
you know, I, I basically say, hey, listen, you know, our jobs are, are based on how well our players play. And, and it's all about developing, you know, uh, our players and getting them prepared to play. So I know they take a lot of pride in that. And so that's obviously, you know, uh, that doesn't change. Right. Um, we have to we have to prepare this week and and uh, still have an opportunity, great opportunity to go and play and and uh, and compete. So um, I fully expect that, uh, you know, the, the coaching staff is going to get get their players ready and um, go play. Should we try Dave one more time? And then if not, Rob Mahadi's on deck. Can you hear me okay? Got you now. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, you, you talked about fixing this team going forward. When you look at the roster right now as it's constructed, how many major changes do you think there need to be to do that? Are you asking based on where we currently are, or do you factor in all the injured guys as well? Well, you can factor them in, but you, I, I guess you have to take into account some of those players have been injured before, and and maybe they're prone to injuries. Uh, I don't know how well, you factor. listen. Listen, Dave, you, you know you know as well as I do, the roster changes every year. You know, there's there's going to be guys that go, there's going to be guys that come. We're going to add new draft picks. It's really hard to sit here and say that this team right now currently factoring in all the injured players, we're going to be the same team. And, and, and that's, that's just not the case. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, um, I mean, again, just use the offensive line for an example, right? I mean, you got, you're going to have Andre Dillard and, and, and Jordan Mulata. You're going to have, you're going to have Isaac. You'll see, see where Kelsey's at. You got Brandon Brooks possibly in there as well. Lane Johnson back in there with Jack Driscoll. I mean, there, you, you look at that and on paper, you kind of go, wow, you know, you get, you got some talented guys and you got guys that have had young guys that have had valuable, valuable experience playing this year that are going to give you great depth, you know, moving forward. And, um, you think about all the the young secondary guys. I mean, you know, Graylon Arnold got a lot of time yesterday. Elijah Riley gets some time. These linebackers had young linebackers have had time, you know. So, and then you you know, you're missing guys like Avante Maddox and you know uh, Rodney McLeod. And I mean, it's just the list goes on and on. So, yes, I, I would say that we have we have the pieces, we have the makings of a foundation of the of the of getting things back on track. It's just a matter now of let's add, let's add some new, new pieces to it, right? The draft picks, the free agents and, and uh, you know, have an off season, have a, have a training camp and develop all this and, and, uh, and then go play again next season. We'll wrap it up here with Rob. Hey Doug, speaking of those draft picks and free agents and acquiring talent, how do you feel now after five years about your role, in bringing in personnel and is it possible is that something that you would evaluate wanting to have more input have more say in the talent that you guys bring in you know rob that's one of the things you know i you get into this business especially as a head coach and and you do it because you love being around the players and you want to teach football and i want to be a part of the solution i want to be a part of the evaluation process i want to i want to be a voice that's heard and and uh you know i want to have that collaborative uh, communication with Howie and his staff and, you know, and, and, and be a part of that process. I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to want to cross that line because, because of it, it takes you away from, from doing your job as a head football coach. And I, I like being on the, on the football side of things as a former football player. And, and obviously now a coach, that's, that's where my passion lies. And, but yet I want to be part of the solution, right? I want to, 
I want to help evaluate and and uh, help help bring guys in here that can that can help us win. That was Doug Peterson's press conference today. Of course, you hear it every day after Eagles game here on 97.3 ESPN on the Sports Back. So to come, Grayson's Grades with Scott Grayson from 97.3 ESPN.com. His full review of after every Eagles game, football, Ford, Andrew Checo, and every thought on every game. Casey Jordan, the football scientist, he watched the film of the Eagles game. We'll get his thoughts coming up at 520 plus anytime hotline calls. But next, your text at 609-403-0973. Back to the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Josh Eddie Fillion for Mike Hill along with Hunter Birdie here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. You know, the Eagles lost yesterday. The Sixers lost yesterday. We have college football this weekend. The Sixers do play again tomorrow night, so hopefully they can bounce back. Absolutely. And to celebrate this year's college football playoffs, DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to bet on any semifinal to win the championship at 100 to 1 odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any semifinal team to win the championship. And if your team wins, you cash $100. Don't forget about the 2021 basketball season that just kicked off. So head to the app now and check out all of their daily odds boosts. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 973 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. A lot of text to get to at 609-403-0973. This one made me chuckle a little bit. Todd from Bradenstein says, after suffering through that Eagles game, one thing that comes to mind and one thing only is, how long will it take for the Phillies to sign JT Romuto? Get him under contract now. Oh, he's going baseball on us. He, he just baseball. He just skipped over the Philadelphia 76ers. He skipped over the orange and the black and goes right to the Phillies. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of baseball news, how about Blake Snell going to San Diego? How bizarre is that? Yeah, they're they're a fun squad. They're they're probably going to be the the uh, favorite to win the World Series next year. You yeah, think? I don't know the Dodgers. That's going to be tough to overpower. I, I think they're they trying be their best to. though. They're trying their best. You got to respect it. Texture says it's six zero nine four zero three zero nine seven three. It seemed like all season the Eagles have faced. Every time they face any real adversity, they couldn't pony up. There's no real leadership on either side of the ball. Not having Jenkins is really hurt in a big way when it comes to leadership. The way they started yesterday looked so promising, but that stinger that kept Cox out of the game was really odd. You're a $100 million man in a must-win game, and you can't man up because of a stinger. is an extremely poor look. Yeah, I do feel weird about it, but I also brought this up to kind of start the show. There's a couple of guys that I feel give it until they actually can anymore, and he does kind of fit that mold of Jason Kelsey of Lane Johnson where they're going to give it until they collapse, and if they have to sit out, you realize, okay, there's got to be something wrong. So I do kind of feel that way about Fletch. You also notice that not once but twice they asked Doug about the injury stuff, and neither time he brought up Fletcher Cox. You get bringing up, oh, well, Jordan's got a concussion. Like, okay, we get it. He's got a concussion. Did oh. you see the hit, by the way? I saw it, yeah. What'd you think about it? Because it's getting some reaction. I mean, I, I thought they could have thrown a flag. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally would have thrown a flag. I, I mean, didn't like it, but I do think the hate towards it might be getting more. Like, look, it's a football game. He gave him a little how do you do. Unfortunately, it landed in, in that territory, but... I, I don't know. It, it's a little strong with how people are reacting. I thought to it. the Jadavion Clowney hit on Wentz in the playoff game was worse than that. For sure. I agree with you. He's Hunter Brody. I'm Josh Henning. We got more of your texts coming up next hour at 609 403 0970. Plus, anytime hotline calls. 
We get those every Monday here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Plus, Grayson's grades next. Who passed? Who failed? Find out what Scott Grayson says next here on 97.3 ESPN FM and the 97.3 ESPN mobile app powered by First Bank of Seattle City.